2: What are you? What
1: are you? Something your God didn't create. Something you your God didn't You summoned this evil create. here! You slaughtered it and now my daughter is dead! You summoned
2: this evil here. Like the crucifixion and the page of a prayer book nailed to her hand.
3: These children have promised by you to forsake the devil. My eyelids snap open. I haven't had much sleep. Someone is out there. Something. And it wants us gone. Pale light floods the one room of our house. Thomas sits by the fire, wearing a nightshirt and hose. Did you have trouble sleeping, husband?
1: I didn't even try. I stayed up all night to pray.
3: We must do something. Maybe we should look into building more defenses around the settlement. Perhaps if you spoke to the governor... How is
1: it that you're so calm? Even last night, you just stood there.
3: I'm not calm inside, Thomas, but I try to help by being practical.
1: I keep thinking. The Lord works in mysterious ways. Maybe he sent this evil here, an enemy, for me to vanquish. When I defeat it, the others will believe and turn to the pure faith.
3: You should have listened to me when I showed you Hannah's journal. I told you the woods are cursed. Zachary's death might have been avoided if we'd told people what we knew.
1: We can't tell anyone. You found that book poking around in the woods with prudence, when you should have been here, at home. You asked me to watch her. And now Zachary has been killed, after arguing with you. People are gossiping, and who can blame them? Everyone you encounter lately... dies...
3: I touch my beads. Except for you, husband. You haven't slept. I'll leave you alone and feed the hens. The moment I step outside, I sense something has changed. The atmosphere feels weighted, expectant. Our failing crops nod in their rows. The pen where we kept our goats is empty. But the hen coop just beyond is open. Strange. I know I closed them in last night. There are tracks in the dirt leading from the coop back to my house. White scratches are gouged into the wooden door. We weren't alone last night. Something tried to claw its way into our house. I open the gate. The hens skitter away, petrified. But one hen doesn't move at all. She slumped beside the fence. Her head facing the wrong way. Someone's wrung her neck and left her. No hungry settler would do that. Oh, what on earth? I bend down. Pinned to the chicken's wing is a brooch. It's Prudence's brooch. I didn't notice it wasn't on her body when we found her. Thomas! Thomas. Quickly! Over here!
1: I will attend to you when I return, Agnes. And going back to Daniel Cox, maybe he's well enough to make some sense now.
3: But wait! I... He's gone before I can say another word. Pines stretch far into the distance. An impenetrable maze. James examines the brooch while we walk.
2: Yes, this is definitely hers. I remember the Greenaways asked me to make it for her birthday.
3: Whatever this monster is, it must have seen me that day with Prudence. It knows who I am. It wanted me to find the brooch. Maybe you should go back to the forge. I appreciate your company, but it feels like there's a curse following me.
2: That seems unlikely, Mistress Blair.
3: What you said yesterday. Do you really think a person killed Prudence and Zachary? One of the settlers?
2: I don't know. It's possible, isn't it? They'd need hands to position the bodies like that.
3: The scratches on my door weren't made with a human hand. And the tracks, they look more like hooves.
2: Why the greenaways, though? You said Prudence might have known this creature, but her father? Her nephew?
3: All I can think is that I saw them all that day, and then they died. Someone with a grudge against the family, perhaps. Yet that leaves out Daniel Cox...
2: Is it significant that he was only injured?
3: I think he escaped. Only luck kept him alive. Or prayer, as Thomas would say.
2: They're all members of your husband's congregation, aren't they?
3: Yes. And with the scripture pinned to their hands and the poses, what if he's coming after anyone connected to the church? Hannah and Daniel both said it was the devil. I scarcely believed in him before. I know I should have, but now... What's that? I clutch at James' shirt. A bulky shape crashes onto our path. James raises his axe. But it's just a doe. (laughs) (laughs) I let go of James's sleeve. I'm sorry, I thought.
2: Uh, No apology needed.
3: My palm tingles from where I touched him. No wonder the settlers whisper about me. My thoughts are steeped in sin. <clears throat> We're not far from where I went with prudence. The next turn should take us to the stream. All right. That same airless feeling I remember so well returns as the shack comes into view, casting a long shadow over the water.
2: Is that it? Where you found the diary?
3: Yes. Ooh.
2: I'll never complain about my house again. What on earth happened here?
3: That's what we need to find out.
2: Careful. See there, on the ground? It's scorched. Someone's been here recently.
3: Doing what?
2: They must have lit a fire and roasted a deity. Look, there are bones in the ashes. Large ones.
3: Are you... sure they're animal bones, James? Maybe he's noticing now, as I do, that one looks worryingly like a human skull.
2: Keep your voice down. They could still be around.
3: Wind ripples and casts down a flurry of leaves. We flinch as they touch us.
2: I don't like it here.
3: I have to be strong for prudence's sake. I'm going to search inside the cabin. You keep watch. I'll make it quick. The runes on the threshold dare me to cross it. I do it. inside is unbearable. Anything could be buried beneath this mass of leaves and grime where Hannah wrote her diary of despair. Her body could still be here. I might be walking over her remains even now. My foot knocks against something soft. Oh oh no. I glance down. It's a dead pigeon swarming with ants. Concentrate, Agnes. (sighs) There are two books hidden among the rubble in the corner. Real bound books, not like Hannah's ragged one.
2: Everything all right in there?
3: I think I found something. The pages of the first book are damp and blotted with mold. Some have been ripped out. This is print, not handwriting, and I recognize the words. It's a Geneva Bible, desecrated. Occult symbols are scratched in the margins.
2: (laughs) Sorry. I didn't mean to frighten you, I just... Wanted to see what you found.
3: It's the holy scriptures. But they're defaced. There's writing. Horrible things. Oh, If Thomas saw this, our eyes meet.
2: So we were right. They're targeting the church. What's this one?
3: He slides the other book towards me. The leather cover feels warm, like human skin. What's wrong? The words... I think they're written in dried blood. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him?
2: But it's English. These books must have come from home. From someone with money.
3: Or they could have been taken from Hannah when she lived here. James pushes away the veils of Spanish moss.
2: (sighs) I'm pretty sure Hannah didn't make that.
3: I turn to see what he's looking at. It's an altar black candles, a pentagram. Leering over it all is the skull of a wolf. Bones hang from its grinning mouth. Ribs. Zachary and Prudence were both cut under the rib cage. This can't be. Did the creature take their bones? James looks like he might be sick.
2: It's going to get dark soon. We need to go home.
3: I think of my tiny one-room cabin, of the husband who only tolerates me, and now this, the devil in the woods. I'll go back to the house, I have no choice, but I'll never call this place home. The sun is going down and I'm alone. I plucked the dead chicken and boiled its entrails for supper, but Thomas still hasn't returned. I keep seeing those scratches on our door. Those desecrated books, the bones. The creature is hunting, and anyone could be next. But if it truly is after the faithful, it would loathe the minister most of all. (sighs) I've gripped the broom so hard the handle is split, leaving a long, sharp spike. I can't wait here anymore. I'll go and fetch Thomas myself. Townsfolk are heading back inside for the evening few turn and watch me as I pass. Caleb Jeffers spits on the ground. An elderly woman clenches her thumb beneath her index finger in the old sign against witchcraft. I walk on. The Cox house stands apart. It's land cleared for farming crops that won't grow. The door is propped wide open. I pick up my skirts and run. Dread claws down my spine. I don't want to go inside but I need to see. The reek is growing familiar, a tang of blood and sulphur, like someone has opened the bowels of hell. The cox's bed has been moved to the centre of the room, Daniel is posed on the sheets, jaw bound, arms folded over his chest, but his eyes, they've been wrenched from their sockets. Blood pools around the bed, Mercy kneels in the shallows. Her hands are tied with ropes to look like she's praying at the bedside. There's a gash under her ribs. Her bones poke out, flashing white, teeth in a bloody grin. Violet pour le chagrin.
1: Deliver us. Protect us. We'll dark Thomas,
3: us. are you hurt?
1: Out of the dead shall I? I have cried under thee.
3: Thomas, tell me what happened. My soul doth wait. My husband stares at me blankly, crumpling a piece of paper in his hand. Bloody fingerprints mark the text. Another page from the book in the shack. The devil came for Thomas. I shake him. His breeches are sopping wet. It smells like urine. What happened? Were you there when Daniel and Mercy died? Did you see anything?
1: I saw a shadow. The shadow of death. knew you, Agnes.
3: What did? From his expression, you would think we'd never met before. The Devil?
1: Tell me, why did the Devil whisper your name? And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
3: There are four graves. Prudence, Zachary, Mercy, and Daniel will be trapped behind our makeshift church, buried forever in the woods. I can't share that miserable fate. I won't. The congregation is hollow-eyed, skeletal. Their dreary clothes bleed into the grey landscape, as though they're being swallowed by this place. Thomas hunches with a prayer book in his hands. He still hasn't told me exactly what happened at the Cox's house, but whatever it was has terrified him.
1: Man that is born of a woman hath but a short time to live... And is full of misery.
3: I see it James from, on the other side of the graves. Down, I'd feel down, better if I could stand beside him. Life, Instead, I grip the brooch he made for, side, for Prudence. We'll find what did this to you, Prudence.
1: In the midst of life,
3: Obedience's eyes flick towards me and away again. Home, She's holding baby Eli's head tight against her bodice to hide the offensive scar.
1: Deliver us not into the bitter pains of eternal death. Thou knowest, Lord, the secrets of our hearts.
3: Thomas winces as the last coffin lands.
1: Brothers and sisters, forgive me. The Holy Church has given the words I should say at a burial. But there has never been a funeral like this. Here lay four of our flock. But they were not taken by God's will, no. Daniel Cox spoke the truth. The devil has killed them. Yes, the evil one lives in these very woods. He is drawn by the sin of those who have abandoned their faith. Amen. You have heard it said, that he who endures will live. I stand here before you as a testimony to that I saw the devil face to face, and he fled from the power of my faith.
3: Yes.
1: You too shall be protected if you only believe. So let us vow to stay faithful as we lay these poor souls to rest.
3: Amen. Obedient steps forward. She hands her baby to Caleb and bites her lip. Struggling not to weep as she dribbles earth on each grave, others follow. My turn. I scoop a fistful of dirt and hide Prudence's brooch deep within. She'd want to have it back. Vépu en nouvelle vie. What is that? Obedience has seen the brooch. She gets on her hands and knees, <gasps> peering into Prudence's grave. It's my, it's my sister's brooch. You threw it, Mistress Blair. I saw you. I heard you whisper your curse, you witch! No, no! I was praying. I, I I, whispered a prayer for Prudence. Your familiars killed Prudence. That's why you had her brooch. You summoned the devil, didn't you? You cursed my sister by muttering your spells with your beads! Obedience! I promise, I, I didn't harm anyone. It was you! You branded my baby
2: for your dark
3: master! Oh, I helped your son when he was injured! Where is James? I look up and see he is no longer amongst the mourners. This is nonsense! Obedience! You're overcome by grief! You're talking wildly!
1: Is she Mistress Blair? Or is someone finally brave enough to speak the truth about you? A barren woman who somehow ensnared a holy man?
3: Thomas? Thomas, are you going to stand there and let them slander me? Shutting the prayer book, he strides over and grips me by the wrist.
1: Come away, Agnes. We'll finish the service without you. Go and wait for me at home.
3: But I've done nothing wrong. You know I'm innocent. Let go of me. He pushes me away from his church. I stumble and trip on the mud, landing on my knees. Thomas doesn't apologize, doesn't stoop to help me up. He turns his back on me as though I were nothing, and sweeps back to his congregation. There's a pang in my chest. The killer knows my name. Those I have touched, or those who have offended me, are dead. My faith is buried alongside them. Someone's listening to my every word, even my thoughts, but it's not God.
1: Everyone you encounter lately dies.
3: Could it really be my fault? Did I bring the devil to Roanoke?
0: Created and produced by Realm. Your portal to another world. Listen away.
1: Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling-medical-investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Bantwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.
0: Roanoke Falls is written by Laura Purcell, produced by Nicole Otto and Hayley Wagreich, and executive produced by John Carpenter, Sandy King Carpenter and Molly Barton. Performed by India Dupre, Eric Teedy, Anthony Garland, Theo Devaney, Jack Hawkins, Stella bailik Carr, Jess Nihikian, Kali Shatara, Kyle McCarley, Craig Robert Young, Caroline Bloom. Audio production and direction by Kaylin West. Sound design by Fred Greenholge and Rory O'Shea. Additional editing by Corey Barton. Original music by Hashem Asadullahi. With orchestration by Andrew Rowan. Featuring performances by Kevin Devine, Alba Ponce de Leon, Max Kuttner, Carl McComas Reichel, and Peter Brendler. Cover art by Kindle Thomas.